This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. What if Scarface's Tony Montana decided to have a child in order to get tax breaks? Well, say hello to his little baby in the humorous coloring and activity book, Stay at Home Scarface, from writer Kenny Keel and published by Devastator Press Books. It's a humorous take on that idea that if Tony Montana decided to have a child, you'll be able to get to see him get a minivan, get a Costco card, and try to raise a family. And also, by using the promo code ONCE at DevastatorPress.com, you can get 10% off Stay at Home Scarface or any of the great books that are offered at Devastator Press. I recently got to see uh, Moana with uh, my sister's family, so I, was got, I got to see it with uh, my th- nephew and my two nieces. I highly suggest seeing the movie Moana. It's a great animated film, um, and it has a wonderful story. Um, there's that's all I want. I'm just kind of going to plug that movie, even though I'm not I'm not uh, getting anything for it to plug Moana. I just thought it was a great experience um, to see with kids. It's a very touching tale. I think it has a lot of cool life lessons of just kind of finding, dis- figuring out, and discovering who you are through um, jumping, taking great challenges, and just taking a leap of faith into um, what is in store for the future, and um, not letting fear stop you. I think that's kind of like the bigger message that I took away from that. And even with a character like Maui, who's like a demigod, who's strong, they learned that they're more than just their magic that they have. You know, there's a strength deeper inside of us, even when we are limited at times. Um, And it was also just a delight to find out that me and my little niece, Nora, both cried during the movie. Okay. It's a very, um, I find it, amazing that these animated films that are coming out can really hook me emotionally um i haven't really the humor wasn't that my favorite in it it's a little um silly but emotionally i think it's a great um movie and storytelling is very simple and um impactful um powerful uh is maybe what i'm trying to get at but yeah Uh, Go see Moana. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest Disney's Moana. Um, It's a great movie. And God, the special, the, I was going to say special effects, but an anime movie is just full of special effects. I just think the, um, the CGI animation, the computer animation is just phenomenal. Just gorgeous. It's an absolutely beautiful movie. So definitely, I just highly suggest checking that out. And for you listeners, a real quick reminder that you can support all of the great shows here at the Boardwalk Audio Network by going on to the Boardwalk audio.com website and there's a big button that says support our artists all you got to do is click on that button it will direct you to amazon.com you make your port purchases as i was going to say pork pork like porkages like purchase and pork but i mean just click on that button go ahead 
make your purchases as you normally do, then we get a small kickback. It doesn't cost you anything, but it definitely helps out all the great podcasts on our network. So please help us out to keep bringing you great networking here on Boardwalk Audio. And now let's get to this great episode with a wonderful guest, a high energy, very funny man. Um, I'm lucky to call him a friend, Matt Rath. All right, I'm here with Matt Rath. Mm. And we just spent the afternoon sitting in a bed together watching Inside <laughs> Out, Pixar's Inside Out. Yeah, not our, each other. <laughs> not each other. We did not look at each other Inside Out. <laughs> uh, the movie, Pixar. Why would you immediately think that listeners would be like, they watched each other get Inside Out? You clarified. <laughs> I'm just running with That's it. That's true. I did clarify. <laughs> I just didn't want anybody to think that we know. Uh, this isn't the first time I've ever sat in a bed and actually watched something with a grown man. Oh, um, I was very comfortable oh, with it. I'm yes. glad I was. I was too. There one time, me and my uh, one of my best friends from Utah. One time, um, we spent the night with our. Uh, I can't even think of her name right now. But me and him and another a girl that was a friend of ours, we went swimming in like runoff water because it was a stormy night, and we found like. Some, I would just say like a pool of water, but it was deep enough that we could swim in it. It's a big old puddle. Yeah, it was literally like off of a small overpass. Oh, no. Yeah, we're crazy. And then it tired us out so much that me and him went back home. It was all muddy. Yeah, it was muddy. I can't even remember if it, but I can't believe we did it, but whatever, I'd like it. And we ended up back at my house, just me and him, me and Scott, and at the time I owned a Transformers, the cartoon originally, like the original one, but box set, mm-hmm. and we just put it in and ended up in my bed watching it, and like, we were bundled because we were cold from the stormy night, and we ended up falling asleep together watching Transformers. Sounds beautiful. Right? Yeah. Never been closer to a man. Uh, I, me and my friends, I have like a group of super best friends, that's what we call it, to distinguish it. Um... And uh, we always used to share beds, but I am no longer allowed to share beds because I sleep touch. And, uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing I do. <laughs> like how? What is like? What has occurred in the sleep touches? I was rubbing his ass and like a <laughs> like a circular motion, but not like a soft caressing, like a I'm trying to like flatten dough, like a, a heavy palm, like I'm wiping a window that's very dirty. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "What are you doing?" Like smacked my hand away, and. Uh, I kept doing it, and now uh, I get to sleep. I, I get my own bed from now on, pretty much. So, <laughs> did you toucher. ever wake up from him doing that, or you just told the next no, morning? No, I'm a very deep sleeper, <laughs> so I will touch you. Do does not you, sleep next to me. Does because uh, your girlfriend has been on the podcast before, yes. Naomi um, Via, and th- has she experienced? Oh, oh, oh yeah. This? Oh yeah. <laughs> She's familiar <laughs> with my, <laughs> the practice. Now I'm just, all, you know, it's the, when I see Naomi X, that's all I'm going to ask her about. <laughs> Let's all not ask her about it, everybody. <laughs> but that's a, for sure a thing. Oh, when me and her, there's going to be a moment where me and her are alone, hanging out, and that's immediately what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, go for it. It's my problem. <laughs> 
So I, I don't know how to break it. That is so... Do you have any... I know we're, gonna, we're circling around this before we get to, the, to talking about the movie, but do you have any, like, memories? Like, coming out of that... Do you, is there any instances where people are like, you did this last night, this this sleep touching, but you have like in your dream memories, do you have any memories of that being associated with anything in a dream? I'm not... Like, were you window washing while you were rubbing your friend's ass? Oh, I don't... I rarely, rarely remember my dreams. And when I do, it's pretty uh, just little blips and bloops. And I'll try to tell people and then I'm like... Who cares? I don't really care about dreams. I don't read into them. Right. Um, I used to have vivid dreams when I was younger, but um, no, I rarely have them ever. And it's not like drinking or drug use, uh, which I will occasionally double. But uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't have dreams. That's all good. Oh, that's the saddest thing <laughs> yeah. I've said. You have dreams. You just I have dreams. You, you I, just don't dream. I don't remember you sleep them. touch without dreaming. I sleep touch to black blackness. <laughs> <laughs> now you get it worse. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll that'll probably somehow come back. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But great, we just watched Inside Out. The mm-hmm. first question I asked my guests. Um, which I'm going to ask you to start us off is why, Matt, did you want me to see this movie? I wanted you to see this movie because it was the best live um, movie going experience I've ever had in my entire life. Okay. And Um, why so? We went opening day or the... I don't really know how movies open and whatever. But it was like the first day it was available. We went in the afternoon and so um, that would be called opening day. I okay. just want, you were opening right. day, but there's like previews and like it wasn't the right. first showing or whatever. But I didn't you want went it. on the day, the opening, the like official, a Friday, yeah, the official Great. opening day. And it must have been the summer. I don't know facts, but there was a bunch of kids in the audience as well, okay. and a bunch of kids and a bunch of adults, and uh, so it was like the whole spectrum of people were there. What, what theater? It was in Los Feliz, uh, like Los Feliz Three. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and uh, so, like, I got to see every joke hit the different age ranges. Mm. And um, so I got, like, it was, like, a, such a unique experience. And then when the, like, emotional parts were, like, uh, hitting everybody really hard, there's just, like, a whole room full of people crying. Like, kids are crying. Adults are crying. Everywhere in the middle, grandmas are crying. And then, like, the laughs would come, and it was just, like, the most communal experience I've probably had. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I always feel... <laughs> I don't know. I, it's weird to be around kids to, when yeah. they're crying or laughing. Especially if you're not, like, somebody that's I don't around know these kids. kids or yeah. Especially if I don't know the kids or I have no connection to them. Um, but it was, like, a very, very special experience. And I know some people that went at, like... 11 p.m. or late night shows, they didn't have that experience, and uh, it was really incredible. I mean, after the lava short in mm-hmm. the at the beginning, everybody was already crying, and I was like, "Okay, money well spent already." Wow, and that was before the movie even started. And it was just you and Naomi, and then all strangers, or were you with the bigger group? <laughs> I think they were with two other people. Cool. I don't remember who they were, and you guys I, are special to me, those other two people. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Let, let's back up before we get okay. into into the the film. We watched the short. 
mm-hmm. which you would have seen if you if you went and saw it in the movie theaters, Lava. Um, a very nice little touching story about a lonely volcano who's mm-hmm. wishing his whole life of existence that he could have someone else to love and watching other couples. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I relate to that a lot. Not currently, I don't relate to it, mm-hmm. but I've, I've done that in the past. And then he gets what he wants in the end, and it's very touching. I'm. This is such a weird question. I'm going to ask. Let's get into it. When you're sitting there with like a, your your girlfriend, mm-hmm. do you share a moment during that short? Is there ever like a like? Is there like uh, this is so weird? I don't no, know. I, know, I, I, think I know what you're saying. But do you look at each other? Do you have like a holding of hands when that hits like the high point of what that short is about? Like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm cinematically. I could see them in my head, and I'm like, now I'm like going down this question, and I'm like, what am I asking this stupid question for? But I'm just curious. Well, specifically with my girlfriend, um, she emotes. In crowds, like kind of inappropriately, I guess. At times, like if she's grossed out with something, she'll just be like, "Ew." Yes. <laughs> like Naomi has no filter. No filter. <laughs> she's very vocal, especially with when things viscerally hit her. So I know when she's touched. Uh, I know when she's crying. So I think I would naturally respond to that. But um, I imagine we, you know, we held hands a little bit, but. I don't want to hold hands a bunch because then your hands are all sweaty. Yeah, I get that. So, I, it was um, a du- I feel like it was a dumb question. Well, I just I don't have a specific memory of it, and I'd be happy to share. Um, but yeah, we we check in with each other constantly when we're at a live performance or basketball game right. or a movie. We like we're we're pretty similar, I think, and uh, how we take in. Stimulus, yeah, stimulus or moments. Yeah, yeah. Together, we'll like yeah. check in. Like you, you're thinking this. I am too. Great. And then, so yeah, I'm sure we did that with lava. What I loved about lava is just like uh, they just did a whole movie, like the whole mo- a whole movie arc in like a couple minutes. Yeah, it's, it's a short film. And, uh, you, boom. <laughs> <laughs> that I was just, very condescending to you. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> but it's like they just stripped everything away but like the... Yeah, it's really you know, simple and beautiful. It's just simple and beautiful. It's told very, it's told very easily through visuals and then just a simple song. Simple song. And there's a pun that's like at the core of it which I feel like I'd hate but I was like, I don't know, I love this pun. Yeah, Love normally pun. puns will drive me kind of like, or make me go, Ugh. But that's like, eh, it's a cute pun. Cute pun. You know? I guess I like cute puns. Um, yeah, if they're cute, then you let them pass. Mm-hmm. Let them slide. Yeah. I get that. It's a, I liked it. Yeah. I, I heard that that short got a little guff because... I, I'm not gonna. I heard that 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 got short, got a little guff because the guy volcano looked like, ugh, like kind of beat up, and then the girl was like super pretty, and and then I saw it today for the first time, and I was like, man, they both look pretty plain. I didn't find her extraordinarily like a be- like, oh my god, like that that woman volcano is out of his league. I just felt like, well, what they match. Speak for yourself. I wanted to fuck that volcano. <laughs> <laughs> that volcano was hot. Well, you are oh, right. <laughs> cute pun. Um, no, I did want to fuck that lady volcano. Um, I don't know who would say that. I, 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 I just heard that like through the. And I was um, just very curious. Yeah, she did have flowers in her hair. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I that volcano was older. 
I assume she's a newer volcano, so she's going to be skinnier. Yeah, I can see that. So Maybe that's what it's implied. But, it, but it's implied that she wasn't new. It's implied that she's just been underwater the entire time he's been singing his song. But all volcanoes are just... Right? Aren't right. They? But I'm just saying, yeah. it wasn't a young... It wasn't like she was... I'm defending this short, <laughs> like, because I don't think it's him getting a younger like girlfriend. Oh, because she was existing. It uh-huh. implies yeah. that the entire. It says in the narration the entire time he had been singing his mm-hmm. song, she had been underwater, thinking that song was for her. So therefore, that is, that implies that they've been alive the entire time. Okay. To me, it's more of like I see it more of like, oh, like it's it's like a boy boy and a girl that live next door to grow up living next to each other and eventually they're the two that like end up together yeah that kind of like what you're looking for was underneath your nose the whole time yes okay yeah no i definitely see that um yeah the age i never i never even thought of the age (laughs) and beauty of the volcanoes (laughs) (laughs) it's a whole king of queens situation (laughs) okay (laughs) where kevin james is not gonna pull in leah remini in real life come on he could um, his new one on his new show. He's not going to pull her either, right? The girl from uh, I won't watch that show. Plus. I don't know who it is. Hey, well, Kevin can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> for you not is that, to oh, watch. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah it's it's for you not to watch. I've seen him on a bus. Oh uh, yeah, but great. So we got we watched lava. I ha- I enjoyed that short. They're, I think their shorts are always good. The ones I've seen, solid. Um, so then we jumped into uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. Great. So, uh, for listeners that haven't seen this film before, since this is my first time, give us a quick synopsis of Inside Out. Don't worry about spoiling. Who cares? Oh yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Inside Out, we're gonna. I'm gonna spoil everything. Yeah. Yeah. Great. We're gonna go there. So heads up. Um, sorry, I'm just thinking about fucking that lady volcano. Uh, but come, come back to the okay. moment. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, <laughs> it just we open on uh, a baby being born. Classic start. Um, and it's just all about the emotions of an 11-year-old after we jump in time and just kind of um, the development of emotions and how emotions drive your actions mm-hmm. and how um, the complexities of emotions and just kind of actually like the loss of childhood and the dealing with a, a trauma and a child's life and what's that what that's like. And... Um, that's really all the movie is, and then yeah. and then at the core of it, it's it's like an adventure flick. Yes, that's really what it is. One hundred percent, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely has those adventures to keep you entertained because mm-hmm. I think if you just kept those emotions in their headquarters and just watched the kid grow up or go through things and they just stayed in there and dealt with it, you'd be by the end and be like, well, "All right, so it'd be a I get stagnant. it." You'd, yeah, it'd be stagnant. You'd get you just would get bored. Yeah. But they make it very adventurous. Um, so, I think this movie started off really good for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved this, how they established it, even though I find it very interesting that it's implying that we come out happy when it's like, look at those kids. No baby's happy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like they'd be angry, right? I, 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 I read that different. <laughs> I, well, I think what's interesting is they jump into other people's heads at different points. Yeah, did you notice that they're, they're – that's great. They jump into the others and they're le- their leaders are not always joy. Yes. So I agree with you. That's so, I, Mine was more of a joke. Yes, was, I know. And but it, it I, I noticed that too. But the, what was interesting was the mom was led by sadness. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, what does that mean? And I think we should get into that, and we'll get into it a little later, because I'm, I'm very curious what you think of that. Go, oh, yeah. fuck, let's get into it right let's now. Let's get into it right now. Because what? she's led by joy, then the dad's led by anger, and mom's led by sadness in her mind. Mm-hmm. So what is that? What do you think that is that, that interpretation that, that Pixar is going for with that? Hmm. Um... I don't know. I just think maybe they are, that's like their driver, their core personality. And it doesn't mean that they can't be. I mean, I think the overall message is that we are, uh, we live complex emotional lives and that you can't have joy without sadness and that all these things are all intermingled together and they, you need all of the emotions to lead I would say a fulfilling life. How about that? I agree with you. So um, the fact that he's all, but he's not all anger. I know he his his forefront is anger. Yeah, um, but he isn't entirely. He isn't entirely Even anger. What we've yeah. seen of the father and the mom. I wouldn't say the mom is a sad person. I wouldn't say he's an angry person. Yeah, no, at all. I just think, uh, and I think people are like that. I know because I know very funny people that at their core are very sad people. Mm-hmm. I know very very uh, happy people that at their core are afraid are fearful people. Yeah. So, um, and I I don't think that means that they can't be nice or loving. And I think that's kind of what the movie's saying. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're nailing it on the head. Because, like, I I mean, you kind of start to reflect on yourself when you start to think about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm probably, like, my probably maybe fear, fear and sadness are probably, I think fear maybe is the little guy in mind. Because I am definitely run by joy. (laughs) I can tell that about you, 100%. Like, I'm not saying I don't think joy takes a dominant, a lot of times comes in and is like, hey, we're doing this. But I'm like, oh, if I had to break it down and go like, who's at the, the core of this? And I'd like to break down us and our cores and our core memories. But <laughs> I am joyful to a fault where I, because uh, that movie did resonate with me mm-hmm. super hard. <laughs> Um, Why so? Is that something like? Is there something in this show, in this movie, that you experienced yourself? The story, uh, not necessarily the story, but like uh, the joy character always being like, "You stay here, sadness. Get in this circle. Get out of here. Shut up. Don't Mm -hmm. be involved." I think that is something. I am very good at forgetting trauma or um, just sad experiences, or even. Which another thing we'd like to talk about, which is shaping your own memories of mm-hmm. what happened and um, how unfaithful your memory can be to how accurate it really was. Yeah. And I always shade my memories with joy. Like uh, we're both comedians, so we I can have a rough show and in general, but I will be like, ooh, that one part was super funny though. So like. That wasn't a but loss. I think that's, I mean, that's a great thing to have in those situations, totally. right? Totally. Especially when you're when you're attempting in a craft or going after a goal. That's a great thing to have to be able to be like. Because I think I do the other thing. I can have a great show, and then I'm I will focus on like, and I think it comes more from less sad but more fear of like. Ugh. But you know, the audience saw me do that bad move. Therefore, that ends up painting my yeah. image of the great show. Yeah. So we're we're opposites. We are opposites, <laughs> and together we're a fulfilling person. Yes. Well, today we're becoming one. <laughs> yes. So like, but then I can see. I'm I'm curious. Um, you can answer this to any degree that you want. But so that's like a show circumstance, and I see that. Yes. But have you? Do you tend to not? If you go through like a tra- a trauma in life that is harder than like just a performance, like something that's truly like 
a true disappointment in life yeah. or I don't know what you've had in your life, but like a loss of some sort. Have you not, has that stopped you from actually going through an experience of that or dealing with it? No, absolutely. I will, um, if something's very upsetting or troubling or is causing me anxiety, I have the ability to a detriment to just pull it out of my mind and throw it into the pit of forgetfulness or whatever it is Mm -hmm. or my subconscious or whatever you want to say i can let go i can let go of things fast and two i think i'm getting a lot better at it as Mm -hmm. i age um where i just would not deal with things that made me sad where it was like um like say sadness is getting behind the control board i my joy would totally be like what what are you doing? We are yeah. not we are not dealing with this. This is not going to help. Oh, we're just going to be sad. That's worthless. <laughs> and I think what the show what, what this movie is saying is that no sadness is really important and sadness can be very helpful in your life and sadness can actually help you propel you. And um that really did hit home to me when I watched it mm-hmm. when I'm crying with all these children in a movie theater <laughs> because I don't deal with sadness very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recently had some sadness in my life, and I think for the first time I really did kind of revel in it and sit in it, and I still dealt with it maybe too quickly, but uh, I like felt like, oh, I processed it. I dealt with it. And what did you, did you notice a difference between prior, just throwing it away, and this, this time of processing it? I don't, I don't, I felt better about myself, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I think. I'm very good at just letting things go, like, fully, intensely, immediately. Like, I don't dwell on things. I don't regret things. Uh, All flashes of those regrets, like, ooh, I remember that was embarrassing or whatever. And then, poof, it's gone. Right. It's out of my mind 100%. Um, But I felt like I did deal with it this time. So, I mean, but that's just the way my mind works. And I can go on to having fun very quickly after sadness or fear. That's not, I don't think there's anything that, that there's no fault in that. I don't think. I think if you're actually, I think the only problem would be is if you're avoiding the sadness completely, like this movie yeah. is saying, is like they're, what we start off is joy is established. I loved the opening of this movie. Yeah. I just think this they set it up so clean and it was so cool. Like, great. And a lot of it's done visual, which I love when you can tell me visually, like, great, you, you set up that we're going to be looking through her point of view, and Joy's there. Then the others are, like, built, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. then sadness, then fear, then a disgust, then uh, anger. And they all just show up, and it's just like, yeah, we got crowded in here. And we all, like, they did it so quick where I'm like, I get what's going on. Yeah. And now the movie will propel itself. Where do they lose you? Because you're hinting at the... You fell off. <laughs> I want to know okay, where. We'll get there. I know. I want to know, though. This is the second hint. <laughs> because I think I just got a little dis- – I think I just got distracted by the adventure part. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. Like I got I, – I, and this – I don't know if this is a criticism of the movie because I actually think it, it won me back over by the end of the movie in a sense of a movie I liked. Um and now I'm also like, you set me up. You wanted me to have this child, this experience, this euphoric experience with these children. There's no children here. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I can't. <laughs> I feel bad for people who didn't have that experience. And I will try to go see Pixar movies if I can. 
uh, early in the day, and hopefully some kids will be there because I love seeing the jokes. Like, remember that little joke where they're talking about like Silly Town or whatever, yeah. and there's like the baby like waggling or bare butt. Yeah. Uh, kids were going nuts. I thought it was so funny they had a baby butt. In it. I know. I, I was like, wow, you guys put a baby butt yeah, in this movie. Very fun. <laughs> very funny. But they're like, kids, were, kids will lose their mind. Kid, I just love seeing what the kids laugh at, too. Like, oh, wow. They like, they know what kids think are funny. And they like snuck in a gay joke, a San Francisco gay joke. That was, Which was it again? Was that it was the, like, uh, uh, there's like, like uh, fear was like, oh, oh, what if a bear comes? And then anger was uh, like, or discuss like, there's no bears in San Francisco. And then um, the anger was like, I saw a really hairy guy. He looked like a bear. Yeah, there you go. Which is what you call yeah, exactly. big hairy gay guys in San I Francisco. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Pixar can sneak them in there. Oh. They know how to do it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it wasn't like a full loss. It wasn't like I was going to just turn off the movie. I just think from where the point where everything started to go haywire, mm-hmm. and it was because of sadness, but then shit just started hitting the fan. It was like them being stuck out there. I guess it just that whole section between like they're stuck out in the memory, like the deposits, mm-hmm. the uh, what do they call it again? Uh, Long term memory. Long term memory. When they were started from there up until literally they fell into the pit, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I get this, but I'm not like my 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 uh, I'm not like hooked. Yeah, I'm not. I get it. Feels more like just a movie pushing its forward. Like I'm like, okay, we're going here. We have to do this. We have to do this. We got to get you back. It was like, oh, this works. I'm just not. I didn't feel invested. Then, man, when we hit the that, when I think when we first hit, when they were in the pit. Yeah, where they erase old memories. Yeah, the old memories just get disappeared, and they're down there with him and Ping Pong, the uh, imaginary um, friend. When that that moment where we started to have emotion kind of, like true emotion in the movie, creep back in. Because I think at some point, like, I think it started out with a strong emotion. (laughs) Then we, they take, and they rightly so, Pulled it back so they could get the adventure going. Yeah. But then I think as soon as it came back in, that's when I was like, I started tearing up. Oh, boy. Like, as soon as I was like, now I'm back in. Did <laughs> did you see, did you foresee, did you predict Bing Bong um, sacrificing himself? No. I did not either. No, no, no. That moment was great, too. I was just like. Oh, that hit the theater. Yeah, hard. I bet. And it's like, that's a moment where I'm like, this just feels honest. Like, now I'm like, really, would pass the silly part, mm-hmm. which I get you need to have for a kid's movie. And I think a lot of that is just structurally in for kids. Like, we got to make it fun and adventures, keep them in the seats and whatever. And, and not even just this, everybody, the adults and, and so. So I just, I guess it just sort of was like, okay, uh, I, I felt like I was just wanting to get, and I get it. And I think it's not a fault of the movie because it yeah. still works. I, I mean, just, I loved all that stuff. I, I love them. Going, I think it's very imaginative. Mm-hmm. I love it. Pixar will always blow my mind in how they choose to communicate certain things. Like for Dreams, I was like, great. So fun that you made it Hollywood. Yeah. You painted that map on. I think that's great. But you were gonna, you were saying, sorry. Just like that, the abstract thought. I mean, like that – that's a really yeah. smart. I think those are all fun, and like, they like that whole section to me just felt 
And again, it's not, it's my, it's me just reacting to it and yeah. not at fault for the movie because it works. And I agree with you. They, at that whole section just feels like vignettes to me. It's like, for oh, sure. we're going forward. We got to deal with this vignette, vignette, vignette. Now we're back into the like, what is this really about? Well, I, I think, it works. It works. It's yeah. just, I was just got, distra- I think I got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> they deal with some exposition-y stuff about how the mind works. Yes. Which I think was kind of necessary. And then they, I think they had a bunch of, there's a bunch of really solid jokes in there. I think you're right about that. There's really funny jokes. Timeless jokes. Because, I don't know, you, you revisit old comedies and you're like, Oh boy, that was very of the moment, and that is not yeah. gonna land. But like, when those like two barrels fall, like open up and spill out, and there's like, oh, all the facts and opinions got all mixed up, and he's like, oh, don't worry, just put them all into a, like one into thing. One thing. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. It's a great. That's a, so I agree. That's a timeless forever. joke. I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's what kept me going in that section was the jokes. Yeah. Um, because there was a ton. The, the thing was again. I, I'm always. I think Pixar is masterful. Yeah. In their storytelling, and I think they're they're genius. Um, but it was just. I think I needed that hook. I needed that emotional hook back. And when it came soaring in, I was like, "Here we go. Here we go." I don't know. Like, and, I, and again, I, I I I keep saying it like as if this movie like did wrong. And I don't think it did wrong. Yeah. I just think that section was for me. Okay. Okay, let's. Well, this is fun. Okay, this yeah. is fun. Now I will go. Now I'm back. Uh, yeah, I thought there were some really interesting things, like when, um, when like no emotions were at the wheel. She's just like apathetic and mm-hmm. dead. And I thought that was, I thought that was like an interesting. I think those parts were more interesting to me, show, like showing her like the effect that that was having on her. Yeah. Um, because I wanted we've all Riley been to there. be. Yeah, I wanted Riley to be happy. Which is weird because that's not ultimately what the movie is trying to um, sell you on. But I think Riley is us, right? Yeah, we're the... Riley's us. Yeah. Um, So I think they are, but at the same time, the emotions are just the the leads. But... Right? (laughs) Yeah, who's the lead? I think the leads are joy and the emotion, Joy and sadness. Yeah. But then... They run and like Riley's like us. It's like okay, that's our our footing in. And like we have these emotions in us as well. We've, which we covered, and they do it so well. Um, and then I was just I don't know. I loved from that moment on where they want to get and she's realizing sadness. I mean not sadness. I did I did like still there's moments I liked that were building up to that. Like I loved that. I mean, I said it out to you a lot, like, oh, Joy's not listening to her. I could see what they're doing. And I guess that's maybe a little me just being, uh, I don't know, too ahead of it and just not being in the moment for it. But that could, I don't know. But I was like, I like those setups. Like, when yeah. she's like, clearly, like, we got to scare. And she's like, no, we have to be joyful all the time. And it's like, yeah, we all know that. Because we're all, we don't we all avoid fear that's normal yeah. we do, we avoid scary things we try to stay happy all the time when it's like there's times when we have to face shit and so i think that's a great moment even though it's for this silly moment of trying to get her to wake up it's like oh i can break that down and see what there's a great lesson in there yeah fear can help you yeah fear can definitely help you um but man i don't know i love the sacrifice from ping pong was so sad and great and it's like those things have to be moved on yeah. like like you said like you do get to a point where you leave a lot of shit from your childhood behind yeah it makes you also go like oh like what what was i thinking and what was i playing 
as a child and to make mm-hmm. you like honestly really reflect on that and what think about all the loss you've had in your life and things you used to cherish that used to be your like um i guess your personality traits which they call like personality or the island of which is like yes. defines your personality and what i loved is breaking that down it means this movie's smart because it says you can change yeah like even though there was a loss of those things when they crumbled, it was like they're gone and there's this fear they're never going to come back. But it's like, oh, but getting through this trauma built it up stronger. Yeah. Bigger, better, more complex. Um, yeah. The, like, I love the how they have the control board that is, like, more complicated. Yeah, it's expansive. And has, yeah, has more options for everybody. I loved all that. I love this smart movie. movie. Very I think it's smart. so smart. I, and I I think it's it's educating, like oh this is how it's gonna work. This is how these things work for all of us. Uh, well, and I think for kids mm-hmm. coming up now to like have uh, a better understanding of how complex emotions are, and that that sadness isn't a thing to be rejected. Because I mean, within all of like pop culture and commercials, everybody's selling you. Be happy, be get this, sexy. Yeah, or get this product, you'll, you'll be, be happy. Yeah, and even Disneyland that owns Pixar is like, it's the happiest place on earth. Happy, happy, happy. Buy this, you're going to be happy. Buy this, you'll be sexy and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and rarely do we ever... Because Disneyland's really selling on kids being sexy. Oh, you made a link <laughs> that I was not. <laughs> <laughs> this, the clothes they sell are too risque. <laughs> but, um, and so... I, I I mean, you can even already see the change in the younger culture of just being accepting of, like, gay culture. Yes. Where it's not even a thing to... Um, you don't bat an eye. You don't, they it don't doesn't matter. Eye. It's like, who oh, cares? Yeah. That's what you are. Great. Men are together? On. Great. Whatever. I, whoa, is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. I, and you see that a lot with, like, even One Direction. I just... That was really interesting for me to learn about where they had all these, like, shippers or people... Uh, people that were rooting for relationships between two of the guys and i was like wow that is that was never a thing i mean how old are you i'm 33 me too we're the same age same person it is we're the same person we already discovered (laughs) that we're 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 making one one, right after this interview after this conversation we are one person but i think you're right because growing up i feel like if we would have heard okay it would have been it would have been approached more of a Ooh, a gossipy kind of way, and like, what? They're gay? Yeah. And now it's like, no, nah, they're just, yep, that's it. And like, cool, I hope they have a good relationship, like you just said. And I think it's because, and even though I do think television, in a sense, for kids is being a little too safe, something like this is like, uh, pushing it and going like we can educate in an entertaining way and approach things like, like I love this movie because. Uh, this approach to this movie has because it's it's telling kids like this is emotions are normal and I think even when we were growing up they weren't that clear it was like shut the fuck up you can't be angry all the time you know what I mean yeah, I we're think in we public might've... yeah we're in public be like quiet like just don't feel anything in public you're embarrassing me emotions were embarrassing yeah to our parents and school you couldn't they're like, oh, that's a that kid's acting out. He's troubled, mm-hmm. you know. There, but it's okay. They they need to be addressed, and like psychology and psychiatry 
especially in countries that where like Japan has like a huge suicide rate, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm talking out of school here. I don't, I don't know. I uh, just said uh huh. Like <laughs> I, I agree to just thinking you were right. Look, I'm a writer for bullshit magazine, so here's an article I'm and writing. I'm a reader of bullshit magazine. <laughs> I take everything in. But for my limited knowledge, uh, Japan has a really high high suicide rate, and they're also like really suppressive with emotions and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess your personal expression. So, uh, I, and I think there is something to be said about the movie when the, she's like, stay in this circle. And then sadness starts like kind of running haywire because she told sadness to like be repressed. And I think when you try to repress anything, I feel like it comes back and acts out like 10 times more and explodes in a way. Um, which, yeah. which is, I, can't, I guess, kind of what I'm saying about suicide and repressing your emotions. It's going to lead you to a dangerous place. To a dangerous place, yeah. an unhealthy uh, psychology for your for yourself. Yeah, I, mental I, health. I, I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. And this is something that kids, especially this generation that got this, and the ones that will probably come up watching it at home can get told that like this is all normal and then hopefully parents that see something like this actually discuss those with their kids yeah that's what i would hope i'm not a parent so who knows and if i'm ever a parent i don't know if i'll do that who knows i don't know how good i'll be but it's like these can be tools at least to start those conversations because i'm a big proponent i mean i've recently uh been reading a lot about um like how vulnerability in our culture, especially I think what we're talking about, our generation coming up, looking back, it's like vulnerability has been seen as a negative thing. Yeah. And vulnerability means expressing your emotions. It doesn't mean and it doesn't mean you're out of control with them. You but you're aware of them and you allow them to be expressed, whether it means you gotta be just aware of the work through it and or come out and just show it. But Vulnerability has been this weak, seen as a weakness for so long, but now I think we're hopefully the rest of the world will, will follow suit. Like getting more to a closer thing of allowing people to be like, no, by being vulnerable, you actually are strong. You end up str- as a stronger person yeah. and allowing these emotions to kind of bleed out and come through. When you think of media and all this stuff we've watched coming up, all our heroes are what? They're kind of like courageous, mm-hmm. fearless. Um, step in the face of danger like I got this like that's a one dimensional and like I mean I mean being in a war which I can't even imagine but I mean even those most courageous people they fear is to keep you alive yeah you know and they never show fear with hero like characters or these archetypical archetypal oh boy uh that word uh, archetypical archetypal archetypal it doesn't sound right i don't know it's it's archetype archetype the archetype of a hero (laughs) i'm well i would say that's great you're touching on that because they they immediately use fear as a protection in this yeah he is immediately from the giggle when she's a baby stops that that just a simple moment of like stepping over a cord and not tripping mm-hmm. and it's shown as like fear can help you yeah it's not just a panic and like well you don't do anything it's more to a precaution yeah being aware of what you what you're going through that um uh yeah i i think i i like this movie a lot i'm just saying that that moment i think i and i don't know if it was just the viewing experience of being in my apartment while we viewed it for and the first time. Two grown men crying in a bed. Two, two, we are two men crying <laughs> in a bed. I loved it. I didn't think I was going to cry. 
I think that was part of it, is that I think I did not cry officially until that moment. Which moment? The bing, th- it's bing bong. Bing bong. Or there, I think there might have been a moment before that when she actually turned sadness down. Mm-hmm. That probably was the first moment where I was like, oh, something's coming because I don't, like, I recognize that you need her. And you're now. This is the first move where Joy is literally saying, throwing her out, and then she went into that. So I think from there on is when I was like emotionally was like, oh, here comes the tear, the, the the waterworks. Yeah. And I think everything before that, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to cry in this movie, or I don't think I'm going to be affected by this movie. I'm just going to enjoy it. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm being affected. Uh, it's affecting me. Um, a different. Uh, this is like I think my third time watching it, mm-hmm. maybe fourth. Um. But uh, different parts hit me differently this time viewing it. Like um, when Bing Bong is all was very sad about um, being forgotten, mm-hmm. and Joy's like, "Come on, let's go! Come on, it'll be fun!" Like trying to like trick him into like being like, "It'll be fun to get to the train," yeah, and like trying to pull him, and he just won't budge. Yeah, and then sadness kind of like sits down with him, and he gets to like cry with sadness, and sadness is. Like, um, just empathizing with them. Like, oh, that must have been hard for you. And, yeah, that would be rough to feel, like, you know, but I bet that was fun. And then then Bing Bong gets to have, like, a good candy cry out mm-hmm. of it. And then and then Bing Bong's like, all right, I'm good. Let's go. And I was like, I just, uh, just a very simple message of, like, yeah, you need to deal with it so you can move on. Yeah. And sometimes that includes sitting and crying and just You're being totally sad right. yeah. and being... You know? I've learned that very recently. You just have to like. I've been getting into. I would love to see if they're. Are they doing a sequel at all in this movie? Do you know? But I'm guessing I don't not. Know. I'm just curious. Well, puberty would be the next. Yeah, puberty or an adult. I was. I would. I'd be curious to see how far you could go with this to show the the various changes because, like. It works so well for like going from child to kind of going through in, entering adolescence, but there's so much more even complexity than what we saw. Because yes. I was like, oh God, how do you deal with like heartbreak through these visuals? How do you do? Like, I would love to see what Pixar does with that. Yeah, because that is something I'm just like, oh wow, and also like emotions. There's a part of it where, like, you have to let it out, but then you have to balance it all, too. Because I'm someone that wears a lot on my sleeve, and I've had to learn to be like, I have to I have to deal with it, but also I have to, like, keep powering forward without letting it overcome to the point where you're you, – depression. Do you yeah. know what I mean? How would Pixar deal with depression? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That – I would love to see what they would could do through this type of storytelling, through this world – to explore that more. I don't know if they're going to or if they should, but I, I would love to see it because I've gotten, I'm recently, where I'm going with this is like I've recently started investigating into uh, meditation, mm-hmm. f- like Buddhist meditation fully and trying to get an understanding of like how, not, not in a sense control, because I don't think you can control your emotions in a sense, but you can acknowledge them, acknowledge them so that they don't become, they don't dominate you. They don't color your every fucking move yeah and I I was like oh I wonder if they would deal with that when you get older and how you have to like sort of manage your emotions take them in and like take a breath and be like what is this I'm feeling and acknowledge it so that you can actually work through it and almost quicker in a sense than a child would I mean I would I would love for Pixar to have like an adult sequel um and not just uh you know the the child a childhood an 11 year old girl 
because um, that's like relatable to kids. And ultimately, Pixar is for yeah, it's kids, for kids. So but it's for everyone too. Right. So I don't because Toy Story three went some dark ooh. places that I think was actually for the people that grew up with it. Yeah, well, even less so than the kids that were watching it that fresh for that being their possibly their first Toy Story movie. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's interesting. Um, so yeah, maybe a trilogy where she gets older and she goes through puberty and then follows it into like college, college or, or twenty one yeah, or something then, like that. Because that's. Um, I just find that interesting. But I know, like you were saying, I did a little bit of reading up on this to because I heard some mumbles of like, oh, this is an inaccurate representation. You know, like this actually does more harm than good. From like, you know, critics they'll they could get oh really really upset about anything. But I did some reading, and um, there's really not that many more like basic emotions, and uh, it's like surprise. But that's almost um, along with uh, fear. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to fear. And there was another one, but it was also grouped with like anger, some something okay. similar to anger, or even disgust can be close to anger. Yeah. Um, but uh, they like the director, the writer of the film. I think it's the same person. Are there directors? For animated, people. yeah, yeah, there are, uh, yeah, for sure. There's um, a lot to manage. They gotta a, have yeah, there. a whole, a whole lot. Um, but they contacted like two renowned um, psychologists and emotional behavioral study. And Doesn't surprise me. I know, and it's and it's so good. And um, oh, another thing that really hit me differently this this time, which I'm sure I was like already ramped up emotionally the mm-hmm. first time or second time I watched it, but when sadness pulls joy in and they both put their hand on the emotion. It's such a wonderful moment. Oh, the, the memory, holy shit, was that. Because I, and she's I, I especially and resonate with that oh, because boy. like this year has been one of those years where I'm like, fuck, there's some joy in my life and then I've got, I've had that like polar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I've had to like, Amy. you have to like come through and be like, well, you can't have one without the other. You yeah. can't. Like, even if you have to learn it in the hardest way possible in your, in, during your life, you gotta be learned like, well, I can still appreciate the happiness that was, and then this is the sad part. Happiness will come back again. I'm sure. We're, and yeah. they'll be always back. They'll be always accompanying each other. And we've been dancing around it, I think, a little bit. But like uh, Harold, that yeah, I'll, we, I'll talk about it. We can talk about well, it. No, I'll talk, I mean, I'm dancing I'm around going through a breakup this year. Oh yeah, but like which devastated me. But I've had a hundred different podcasts where you could hear me dancing around. <laughs> 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 um, but like uh, uh, we're talking about like the mixed emotions and so many emotions at play, and it's not just yeah. all sadness, and it's not all just happy. Um, and I and you think you kind of get focused in on yourself, but. Uh, the more you talk to other people and you find out that their emotions, even people that have the the good end of the stick or whatever you want to say, the people who made it or the people who stayed or even the people who got taken off, it's like they have a whole range of, of emotions and they're in the quote-unquote desirable position. Yeah. And they're, they're like super sad or like I can't believe my friends were taken off. And taken off. 
I mean, there's got to be nerves about, okay, great, I made it through. How do I go okay. further? How do I get better? You know what I mean? Another now, now year. Now I'm nervous. Of, now I'm nervous about because I have to step it up. Yeah, or I I'm not just playing anymore. Now yeah. I have to prove myself. You have to prove, like, you get that idea of, like, you need to prove your position. Mm-hmm. I was on Herald for three years, and I think I was a detriment. I've talked about this before. I think I let those emotions in my last two years get a little ahead of me. I think they maybe possibly weakened my play because I was always nervous about fucking up. Yeah, I would. Rather than going, let me just support my fucking teams. And let you run on autopilot. Yeah, fear and you, was... or, or you just don't do what you normally naturally do because you're so like, well, I got to please the fucking Herald. I got to please what they want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Second I get guess that. Yourself, There's yeah. so much that the, yeah. And it's not all just one emotion. Yeah. I, I love this movie. I think it's a great. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, um, I, I also, think where it ends is just so special because I think even that moment where we see Riley break down in front of her parents and show like you have to show these. It's as simple as like you have to show sad. Like they they kind of lay it out, especially for kids. Like you have to show that sadness because then you'll get help. Mm-hmm. If no one knows what you're experiencing, they can, you can't. They cannot. They can't be there for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like even and I'm not saying every time. I don't think every time you show that side, someone's gonna be there because I've gone through <laughs> some shit that I'm like, eh, I gotta get through this on my own. Yeah. People can people can be empathetic, but there's no one that's gonna fix it. Yeah. But you at least have people that can can come in and be console. empathetic, console you, be like relatable and get you help you through that stuff. Yeah. Just as simple as within the dad, which is a great moment of him just having to acknowledge. And telling her, I miss Minnesota too. That's a great feeling when you know when you're going through some not shit alone. and someone finally tells you that you're not alone. Because that's what motions do, I think. A lot of times because we get trapped in one motion for whatever short, short or long period, you begin to feel like an island. Yeah. And if it's and if we if you and I I don't know about you, but I've I've had I've had depression in my past. Depression especially being one of the most dangerous like states that you can get in will like make you feel like a fucking like no one's on your side even if the person is standing right next to you and telling you like you're great you're great everything you do you're great. you won't hear it yeah and that's whew. and a lot of it's because you're just not sharing how you're feeling Mm-hmm. About yourself or whatever that simple emotion is. I have this is uh, a, a kids movie that I think allows you to talk deep. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about it. It is. It's. I think it's raising a lot of interesting ideas for kids that we for adults. I bet you there's adults, adults that never fucking thought about this stuff, and then they go see a Pixar movie because I've met people in my life where I'm like, you are an adult, but you're still sort of living like a kid. So yeah. I hope that a movie like this helps. Not that they have to be completely helped, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think even generationally, you look back to our grandparents, and it was just like, walk it off, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Yeah. Be strong. Um, and none of that, like, <laughs> reach out for help or be vulnerable is ever present. I think even in like I can see that in sometimes some of my parents. Do you know oh, what I mean? Where you're like, sure. oh, my dad. I think comes from that generation of very much 
just do it yourself, which there's parts of him that I'm like, God, oh, man, you can fix anything in the house. Me, I need somebody to fix it for me. But like, then there's times where I'm like, dad, like rarely have we seen my daddy moat. You know what I mean? It's like been these little pillars growing up. But other than that, it's like, no, you know what I mean? You don't show that. Same thing. My dad will never admit that he's wrong. And it's like, dad, <laughs> you can be wrong. Yeah. I, sometimes it's like, there's nothing more human than being wrong yeah. and then learning from it. Right. And he cannot be wrong. And I have those instincts in me too. I have those personality traits and, uh, I like watching him just be so stubborn about being wrong or not getting his way. That's really like, Oh, Okay. I need to not be like that because it is so difficult to deal with. And he's so in denial to himself Mm -hmm. that he's wrong. Right. I'm like, and again, once we're the opposite, I think I am the person that like sees myself as always possibly wrong Hmm. rather than having like the, no, I know this is like, not have to be like defiant, but go, no, I'm right. I'm more of like. Yeah, we maybe no, I might be wrong. I can't even see it in my coaching when I coach improv. Like I mean, I think that's it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you get it right. And I'm like, oh, you got to be more confident, man. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. just pointing out we're opposites, and we're about to become a, a new new person. person. Mm-hmm. So, just addressing that. But and I'm like, Dave at what'd you say? Dave at Dave at Dave at Ark. Uh, Dave at Ark. <laughs> What a weird name. That's a, not a good name. <laughs> we'll work on the name. Okay, we'll work on it. Um, what is, what is, is there something what, else? We, what? what is your personality island? Name a couple of your personality islands. That Oh, that's a good question. Uh, my personality, oh my God. Whew. I think family, I have a family island for sure. There's got to be one because I really like my family. Um... Uh, I think there's some friendship islands, but they, they I think they've changed. If I had just yeah. over the years, they've come and gone. They've changed so much. There's probably some some constants in there for sure, but they're like, I think they go gray for a little bit, and then I'll see that person like after a year, and then it'll it'll liven back up. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, I think there's a goofy island in there, something like that. Oh, you for sure have a goofy island. Yeah, I like, I like getting goofy. I like watching you get goofy. <laughs> I do. Uh, I like a goofy island. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what is a relationship island? Is there a relationship island? I mean, that's more adult than a kid. Yeah. Because I feel like I have that, and, like, I think I've had them a little bit. And then I had one that was really great, and then it crumbled like one of these ones. And now I'm having to come. This is so deep. This is so weird to say. Now I'm having to come to the terms with like with these characters. I've had to come to the terms with like that island crumbled, but that doesn't mean there's not another one that can be built. And yeah. it's a fucking hard fucking thing to like move on past like that kind of like island crushing yeah. and going like. Because there's thoughts I I have to always like kind of like ground myself, but there's thoughts where I'm like, well, that that island's never going to come back. Yeah, and that I think, island will never be in my. <laughs> well, I think that's an interesting thing they do with the movie as well. Because when there's like the loss of the islands, um, ostensibly all the characters are like, no, yeah, and they're playing sad music, and it's like this is a death, this is like a tragedy. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate message is that no, it, it's a good thing. Because then you build 
you change and you grow. You grow stronger, you yeah. Bigger, better islands. And I, th- I think that is such a tricky message that they delivered well. Yeah, they did it. Where I it think- could fool people, but they, they really knock it out of the park. I agree with that. Yeah, we see San Francisco Island come up. Um, or I guess that was, they called it family, but San Francisco but you, is now you, part of the identity. Yeah, because I think that that, and it was just that great moment of her finally showing her emotions or her, what she was truly feeling rather than pushing it off, though Joy being able to disguise it. Sadness was able to ex- express herself. Therefore, Joy was brought back in because of family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I can see that, man. Like, going through like hard shit especially this year it's like I can see my family definitely like been there for me you know what I mean and it's just a strong way friends have been there for me uh you you definitely all that hard shit like this movie expresses as you already said expresses and displays so well is I don't know who these people are like this is a I want to know what these false representations they're thinking of because if, if honestly if I'm gonna like be a devil's advocate I'm gonna be like yeah every fucking movie has a false representation to some of degree something. because you can't express all of life fully I like that would be like the assholes they're like like I didn't like the movie Boy, Boyhood mm-hmm. and the only reason I didn't really enjoy Boyhood is because I didn't like the idea that this movie's called Boyhood and it's really only one character's experience because as I watched it mm. I was like it's like this is interesting but I don't I can't I not relate but I was just like this isn't the experience I had so I can't like I was like what this isn't just boy this is one person's boyhood this isn't boyhood in general I didn't have any of this bullshit yeah like it, it should have been called his boyhood yeah his boyhood or whatever I just yeah. I would add such an asinine thing to be mad at but that's how I felt where it's like but that's not fine that movie worked for other people people it, like but like yeah every movie there's no movie that can grasp everything that we experience from day one of you coming into existence till day one when it ends yeah there's no way there's we can only attempt to create things as we go that help us try to express it and sometimes you need to use things as a plot device or certain characters as plot devices and they're not going to be able to get to be a full character which one are you thinking of um that's well they're just like they didn't get to have every single possible emotion like I think that's like, but I think a isn't that just vague critique of the movie, right? But that's also general. That's also just them having to make a choice as storytellers. That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Like yeah. you just, I mean, there's probably another movie we could pull out that would that has have that limitation too. Also, you know what I mean? also, what's interesting about this movie? No villain, no yeah. bad guy. There is no, but who is? But I would say that Joy is in a t- sense an antagonist. Oh yeah, I, I, I think she too. is because she's she's refusing to let sadness yeah. in. She's, she's sort of the antagonist. She, in the sense, without letting the other emotions sort of have equal reign, not even full, but equal reign with her, she causes a bit of all the shit to go down. Oh, she for sure causes it. But to that go probably down. well, we know when the parents' brains. Maybe that's how they got there too. Yeah. Maybe maybe the mother at one point was so dominated by sadness that she had to overcome it. Dad was maybe an angry little fucking shit his whole <laughs> life and had to overcome that and let all the other stuff in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why we have therapists and yeah. fucking 
we work through shit. That's why we have self, so many fucking self-help books oh, out in boy. the world. I'd love to see a therapist scene and <laughs> yeah, an inside-out sequel. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And then actually have the therapist have their own emotions? Yeah, a therapist <laughs> within a, the therapist being like, is this your own bias, what you're about to say? Yeah, I would love yeah. to see that. And then like taking turns, sitting in the chair, and I think that would be wonderful. It would be great. Yeah. I think that's why I think this like there's so much potential to go further if they chose to. Yeah. Cuz like, they they've, do. they've set up such a great a, a world that you can explore what cuz I don't think this is again it's a great thing for kids but I think it's like this is stuff that we're working on when in the end of your life still. Yeah. Is balancing all your emotions and trying to manage it all and get through it. Yeah, because losses don't fucking disappear, man. Yeah, they sure <laughs> don't. Like hard moments. Um, okay, so on your fantasy island, we have <laughs> relationships, yep. family, goofball, goofball. I'm trying uh, to think a what love else. island that's a little dim seems to be at the moment, but looking to be lit back up. Yeah, yes. maybe that. Yeah, I think relationship like. No, We're, I think Love Island completely crashed. <laughs> it's down. And there's gonna it's be, down. And I'm just like, I'm coming to terms. You're, you've mourned My emotions it. have done like, all right. All right. Like, we know it's gone, guys, but, you know, all right. there could be another one in the future. Coming up. What are some maybe more um, not so predictable ones? Like, goof, to, like, like Goof, like Goofball yeah, Island. I'm trying to think. I think, uh, I think... <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a sexual island in there, right? Boner island, yeah. yeah. Big old boner island. Just disconnected boobs. Be, because I think, too, me coming through, like, this is going to be maybe weird to talk about because we're coming off of a, we're talking about a kid's movie, but I think sexuality <laughs> is such a big thing that... They touched on it for a second. But go ahead, go ahead. When did they, I'm just sorry, like, uh, I'm having a bad memory. When she meets that boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he the, freaks out. Yeah. Girl, 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 girl. Yeah. I, that, that is, uh, I really, that is uh, so relatable to me because I was fearful of women. Like, I, I was in that panic mode of like, what do I do with women? Literally until I moved to LA. Jesus. I was like fucking 20, probably 28 was when I officially finally came through and was like, oh, what was holding you I back? Just a, fear I that think, they would oh, be like tons oh. of fear, rejection, fear. Dave, there's so much there that it's overcomplicated. You know what I mean? And like, I'm still making strides. That's why I'm at 33, telling, telling, talking about like a grand bur- like heartbreak. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, and there's probably more to follow. I don't know, but. I think sexuality is something though that I had to learn at a later age, and I and I think it is a big island because it's it's a part of your personality. Like I think it's a thing yeah. that we 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 our site is getting more and more open with it, but it's like that's part of you. It's not a fucking all this like don't talk about it all the time. Sex is because uh, I grew up in a culture of Mormonism where it's like sex was uh, not yeah. to be talked about. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. behind closed doors at all times. Oh, absolutely. You're supposed to wait. They're, uh, uh, my limited knowledge you of Mormonism. Wait, but then you don't talk about it even after the wait. But Yeah, and then you you rush to get married to have that sex, yeah. right? That happens a lot people, in Mormonism. Yeah, exactly. So I just, and I think that's a part of our personalities that we. I think that's a part it's, of America. It's part of America. I, and I think when you start oh. to realize like what people's sexuality is, it is a part that. And, and I think sexuality is more of something you share with somebody privately in the sense of not like, oh, it's bad, but you do get you do it more in intimate settings. And you learn a lot about people through that. 
And I think it's a in a in a positive way. Yeah. Sex positive um, way. So yeah, there's a big boner island. <laughs> a big boner island. <laughs> I'm trying right. to think what else. I like, guess it is called fantasy. I'm I trying am. to think because I'm trying to think what are the what are they? Because like I don't know like because I don't know if like just interests make islands. I think they kind of do. If hockey island is, say that it, like, if hockey is an island. Yeah, then I have. Oh, then I yeah. have an acting island. There's an improv island. Probably both are probably co- more coexisting. There's now. a little bridge. Yeah, there's definitely a bridge between the two of improv and acting island for sure. There's a comic book island that dominates mm-hmm. big time. There's a movie island that's been there since I was a kid, and it just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, you love. Oh uh, boy, it was hard picking a movie you haven't seen. Uh, it, I think it's easier when you get like, people surprise me. Oh yeah, and there, I, I think I surprise people with shit I haven't seen either. Yeah, but that what else? I don't know. What else? Uh, music. What else? There's a big music island. Hmm. I love music. Who's the biggest Never. comic book hero on on the island? Because they're all standing there, but one is standing up way big. Or is it a team? I mean, it's Captain America. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Captain America. That's great. I think Captain America is just like. Because he's flawed in his way that he's a man at a time, so, but he's still God. He's just his heart is always in everything he does to the point where I think it's a bit of a flaw, and mm. I like that. I think there's a part of myself you identify yeah, that I, I go say. like, yeah, I uh, I can kind of let my my thing and like they're all to a fault. Well, might even put other people ahead of me. Yeah. I can see that cap. I'm a little bit. I, I just maybe I just want to be a little bit of cap. Yeah. Well, but, I, I, and then there's there's Wolverine who I'm like I emulate. I like. I wish I could be more of, even though he's too fucked up. And I probably parts of me are that. I identify with the Hulk because I'm of like love and all that. I identify with the Hulk because I'm like super strong and super smart. <laughs> You shit. <laughs> I was like, genuinely thought you were going for an honest answer. And I was like, oh, what does he mean? Like, he's 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 very, like, Bruce Banner and, like, patient. And then he no. rages out. And I'm like, no. No, he I'm just super joke. strong. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid joke. I mean, you are, this whole this whole conversation, you've been, you haven't been sitting. You've just been holding the chair over your head. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to smash. Ready to smash. Are there islands that you like have that you're like very specific to you <laughs> I have a I workout island now I think mm. for the first time in my life well yeah I, I have like, like a, a sports island bu- yeah I have a sports island that I need to I need to hit like it satisfies something I definitely have like a puzzle island okay I need to like solve little puzzles in my head uh, like what do you do to solve those like puzzles? a Rubik's Cube I used to solve I every like I'll go through phases where I'll take like two years off and then I'll buy a new Rubik's Cube, and there's just something very satisfying about mixing it up and putting it back together quickly ah. and smoothly. Nice. Um, I have a dog island, but it doesn't. there's no dogs currently in my no, life. No, it's a little dim. Yeah, I think it's still alive because every time I see a dog, it's like I have like this. I know I just sidetracked from you, your islands, but like when I walk down the street, if you're a little uh, – I find it very funny if like a, a, a pretty woman is walking down the street and they have a dog. I'm looking at the dog. You gotta look at that dog. I do not care about the person that's that at all is with the dog. I'm immediately going to the dog. And I only use pretty woman is because like whoever you are, I don't care. But like that typically should be like a cliche man it should be like, Oh, look at the lady and I'm like, Yeah, look at that dog. <laughs> <laughs> look at that dog. But um, go on with your islands. There's a weird there's a weird there's a dog at, uh, around the Franklin Village that is like a huge sloppy bulldog that's like very sweet. And there's like 
always like a different cast of characters walking this dog. But if you like comment on the dog at all, they'll be like, oh, pet this dog. And they'll like really give you the time of day with oh, this wow. dog. And it's, uh, which is kind of the dream, but also like off putting in a weird way. And uh-huh. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, there's a big sloppy bulldog around Franklin Village. Keep an eye out. It's Ooh. worth petting. It is. Yeah, I think I just want like you to be a little protective of your dog. Yeah. Not so much like. Yeah, get into it. Yeah, hold him. Pick him up. Go ahead. Bug, bug the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> I like when people are like, oh, you want to say hi? Like, <laughs> like reluctantly, like, you right, seem if you, into if it. You, you want seem to. into it. <laughs> All right. Um, I definitely have um, Look at Me Island, Attention Island. I see that. Okay. Yeah. We're comedians. I think that's I think a we part have a lot of that. I want, yeah, I definitely. Mine's gotten a lot smaller since, um, since, I, since I do perform comedy regularly now. Where I think before I had that outlet, I was much more on stage all the time and Mm -hmm. probably very annoying to people. Where now is I don't feel the need to, like, get a laugh a minute. Yeah, I I, I used to be that. I mean, if there's a funny story that Dave Tooney has talked about, like, meeting me, I was really loud. And he's like, who's this guy? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think that's – I think I'm still that, but the the volume has been turned down. Yeah, because you have an outlet. Yeah. You, you know you it's going to get met. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw, speaking of that, I saw a new improv group last night, and um, there was just one guy who really stood out, and he was just, like, <laughs> yelling. And every and <laughs> <laughs> just every scene, I was like, uh, he's going to calm down eventually. He'll find more of, like a, like, a balance. But it was just, like, he was just not matching his team, and he would just, he wasn't even, like, He'd, like, be patient for his, you know, it wasn't like he's walking into every scene like one of those people, but uh, he's just, like, the volume was unbelievably loud. Wow. Unlike, I, I just his talking. I remember my days of that. Oh, yeah. You're like, this This is what funny is, loud. Yeah. Which, I get it. It's an exaggerated version of real life, so that's what they're You're thinking. going after they're going, they're going for it. But, um, yeah, Look at Me Island's gotten a little smaller, but I need attention. Mm-hmm. Good or bad. I like when like when I started um, a job anywhere like um, in the past like a grocery store or hotel I would always tell my bosses like I need feedback I need to know you're paying attention I'm to me. very much the same way like I love feedback please tell me I'm doing a bad job and please praise me I need both equally yeah or I need I to know will... how I can improve or if I'm doing well because I'll become despondent. Like, oh, I do a great job, nothing happens. I do poorly, nothing happens. Well, I'm now uh, the uh, just an apathetic employee that will just kind of skate by because I don't feel like anything matters. Mm-hmm. And now, um, so I definitely have an attention, attention island. Um, I definitely have friend island, of course. Family island, not that big. But the, the part of it is powerful. That's great. I don't have... Family is just not a thing. That's okay. It's weird. That's just how it is. Everybody's Um, different. Everybody has different islands. Sports island, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I I think my writer writing island is maybe... It's it's very small, but it could be building. Yeah, mine's Um, small. uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, man. That's such a good question. What about core memories? You got some core memories that you think define you? Which that's, is a very tough that's question. That's a tough question. That's a very tough because question. Because I feel like 
I feel like core memories are something we don't ac- have access to all the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. I love the concept of, I think they nailed, like, yeah, there's things that define, like, memories that stir experiences and moments in your life that define you and sort of set up those. So it's like, Ooh. I think I can, I think I can walk down off of those islands and maybe pinpoint them because mm-hmm. that's really what those core islands, those Dude, those core memories create these islands, right? So I think if you walk, I could find those moments. I mean, there's probably moments with my family comes like uh, I probably have a family mom island, and I probably have a mom island to be honest. Because I think there was a point in my life where I got really close, like best friends with my mom before I moved to LA. So I can probably like walk back and find those memories. Okay, well, of that. I, I got one, one specific one. Yeah. I think that will be easier. Do you remember the first time you got a really big laugh? Like, you made a big group of people laugh because they, I have a couple. God, I wish I could. I mean, I, I think it was, I don't know if I can remember. I remember a weird one. Good. <laughs> like, I'm into it. Because I think I was, I was, this is weird. We used to, back in Utah, and I think I've said this before. I might have said it on this podcast before. I'm not sure. But I remember having a, one of my biggest laughs came from, and I don't remember the joke. I just remember the moment. We were in the middle of... We'd go see dollar movies in Utah, friends of mine, and we'd talk through the movies and we'd criticize them. We just didn't care because we're like, fuck it. Everybody paid a dollar. Who cares? If the movie's shitty, we're going to let it, everybody know. And we were in the middle of Dream Dreamcatcher, that shitty Stephen King movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't and seen it, but I'll take your we word. Were st- all of us as a group started... like The whole theater was on board with us. It, mm. was, it was the opposite that we usually got was contention and shut the fuck up and stuff. This was like the audience was like, yeah, this is dumb. You guys are being well, far more entertaining. And I remember something happened in the movie, and this was before I even touched comedy. I was just an actor in Utah mm-hmm. and hung out with my friends and didn't know what bits were, but I was always doing bits with Sorry, friends. Sorry, what age is this again? This is probably, this is out, out of, it's like college. College, okay. It's like between, just coming out of high school, leading into college before, probably 2000s before moving ever to and I remember I'd have to look up Dreamcatcher and I could tell you exactly the year because yeah. that's when the movie oh yeah um, but I never standing up for whatever something happened wow. on screen and I remember standing bold. up yeah I that's stood bold. up out of my seat bold. and turned and Whoa. said the joke to the audience Whoa. and it got fucking like it was like a huge laugh Boom. from the audience and I think that was the first time I went, oh, I'm funny. <laughs> like, I just made these strangers laugh. It was like it was like doing stand-up that worked. And I've never really gotten ever good at stand-up or really given it the time. I'm more, I like to improv because I like to work with other people. But that, I remember, boom, I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't even remember what I said. <laughs> there were two things. There, there are two memories of... I want to have. I have another one. Okay, good. I want to hear. Yeah. Um, one was my neighbors had a pool, and I remember like there was like my babysitter. So she's like sixteen, and I'm maybe like six or seven. And I remember I was like um, I would walk towards the pool like I didn't know a pool was ahead, mm-hmm. and like it very the beginning of slapstick, and just being like whoa, and like fall into the pool. But I would just keep finding different ways to like. That pretend to not see the pool like oh hey how's it going and, yeah. and I remember I was making them laugh and I kept doing it and I, I like I think I did it 15 times because they were just still laughing the whole time and I'm sure at the end they were just like Jesus Christ and probably just laughing at me but I remember that being a memory that really was burned burned into me 
And then I, I, th- I think the first time I made a big group of people laugh was I was in second grade and um, and I sneezed really loud and I don't know why I did this. I don't remember how, planning this. It was kind of impromptu, but I went, I went, I sneezed and then I went, hee hee, like Michael Jackson <laughs> and it crushed. <laughs> and I love it, it. It crushed and I remember thinking, like being like, whoa, that's a huge rush. And then I tried it several times afterwards, like, I'm not sneezing my <laughs> fucking crickets. <laughs> not working. You're like, we get it, man. Yeah, oh, you, we, you we, got us once. That, that first time was so natural. Yeah, it was natural, and you found it, and that's you so interrupted funny. everybody. I, oh, that's, I'm, I wish I had, like, a little more of, like, because I think I never really found my comedic voice until af, after high school. I was very much in a place of, like, oh. uh, like, and I was surrounded by, like, some of my best friends still to this day that were very funny and very and I think I kind of was like the little kid I was always the littlest and then I was like that's why I'm so loud it's because I grew up with the littlest kid all the time mm-hmm. so it was like being loud was allowing me to get heard um, so a lot of things think moments came from like plays actually and like I can think of two moments where in a play a moment happened and I walked going I'm the fucking shit I'm the fucking shit I remember one was I'm in the middle of a play in high school which I end up this is funny because they're going to be the same play but different moments so I did this play called Musical Comedy Murders of 1940 and when I played it in high school I was cast as this cop and there was a part where I have to get choked out at the bar and pulled off stage by the the murderer and in the middle of one of the sets in our action, a bottle got knocked, and it was f- like in the moment it's falling. And I know later that like there had already been glasses broken. That our director was like, "You stop breaking glasses. We can't afford." And it's falling, and I caught it in the moment, and like was like caught it, but never breaking character. Caught it, and then got got choked out and pulled out. And I was like, "That was fucking awesome." <laughs> so dumb moment, but just feeling like I was in it. Yeah. Then jump a couple of years later. I'm back in the same play, but now I'm the lead. I'm playing the the this, the comic uh, mm-hmm. comedian stand-up comedian. Comic not even comic relief. He's the lead. He's just play. He's a comedian. Okay, gotcha. And so we're in the middle of a sh- the shoot uh, a shoot in this play, and there's a point where I have to come out and I see a guy like the killer in a mask, and it has this very specific dialogue where like you see him and he freaks out, and when the next I see the next character, like what did he look like? And I read off exactly what he's wearing. Like he man in like a black black. Black wearing this, black mask, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my director tries to throw me in one of the performances. He gives them a different – he gives the person a different mask without telling me. So I go out there and I have to just react. Yeah. And when I come back out for that line, I adjusted. Mm -hmm. Like without – I've never done improv yet. And that was like I think truthfully that was the first time I ever improvised. Because to me it's like, well, the truth of the scene was that – the dialogue doesn't match now. That character was not in this the black ski, uh, like uh, gas mask, such and such. He was in this white, weird bearded robe. And I came out, I was like, it was this, and he was in a, and he was in a Moses mask. Like, and I hit, and it hit, and it, and we got laughs off of it. Yeah. And it was just me having to play in the moment. And I knew that's when I was like, that was one of the moments. Like, I'm a fucking good actor. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. I can play in the moment. So core those are core ball. memories. Core but memory I'm like ball. trying to think. There's other. There's other ones that I want. Because I'm trying to think of, like, a moment where 
I'm smiling and crying like the uh, emotional uh, climax of the movie. Oh God, I can. I probably could come up with some of those ones. I remember a moment where I was really happy and sad at the same time, and it's one of the few times I I regret not doing something. But um, uh, there's baseball and there's all stars, and that was like all I ever wanted was to be a uh, all-star baseball player and it was like every single year it would be like 14 12 year olds and one 11 year old and it would be like uh so it'd be like pretty much all 12 year olds because then you go to the next league so it's pretty much always the oldest and then like you'd have to be the shit to be an 11 year old on the all-star team and i was i was selected as one of those players but also my dad was the coach so it's like a little fishy, <laughs> but right. uh, he was the best coach. We were the best team. We were undefeated that year. So like um, I had something to do with that. But uh, I remember looking like wearing my hat, you know, and like holding a trophy. I think they give us a trophy right off the bat. Does that sound right? Yeah. They give you a trophy that just says mm-hmm. you made all stars. And I'm wearing my hat, which is what I wanted the most is the hat and um, had Grass Valley and stars on it. GV. And then after they, like, and this is your all-star team. I remember looking out into the crowd and seeing one of my friends who was 12, who was a good baseball player. And he was, like, crying his eyes out. And he was, like, a tough guy. And so this was must have been really, really hit him hard. And in retrospect, I wish I would have gave up my position. I wish I would have been, like, I'd like to, like, resign. Right. And, like, give it to him. Because I know he was, like the next person in line and uh and i didn't even play that year as a as an 11 year old it was all the 12 year olds you know uh-huh. like i maybe played a couple <laughs> innings you, it's you can't i know i was a kid you, yeah and you, but don't, you don't know how to read those moments i was in that moment but right and i saw that and you um, chose to not do it I, ch- I definitely did not do it <laughs> <laughs> definitely i'd already had my hat size and number picked out oh i love it but that's Sometimes those choices are hard in life. Oh, of course. I mean, those are hard. I get that. I think um, I'm trying to think if I cried after getting off the phone when I got on Harold, and I probably did. But then, I th- since I can't be completely sure about that because I know I was super happy. But I think one of the moments that right off the top of my bet head that said like tears of joy was mm. I had a birthday show. At, and it might, I mean, even though I, I was drunk, it had nothing to do with the booze. I had a birthday show at Manifesto, and if you talk to Jen or Farley, they'll tell you. Like, I was in tears because I was just, this is where I want to be. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm surrounded by people that showed up to celebrate me, but it's not even that. It was like I literally gave some crazy, like, <laughs> they laugh at me, but like, and I'll tear up right now about it because it to me is like this. I'm like, this is what I love. I love doing this. I love comedy. I love doing improv. And it's not even just comedy. I mean, I can't be not one of the superstars because I don't know if comedy is like my core. It's more of like part of my core. But like improv especially is just like, fuck, this brings me so much joy just to do it. And I know and that I was tears of fucking joy. Yeah, that life affirming I'm in the right spot type of stuff is pretty priceless. It is priceless. But then. A couple years later, you find yourself going, what the fuck am I doing now? What am I doing now? Now I have to find that again. And uh, that's the challenge is 
Well, we went some places. Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Of course, thank you for introducing me to Inside Out and watching it with me in my bed. Yes, anytime. <laughs> anytime you want to cry in a bed, give me a call. Oh, all right. We'll, all right. Uh, we'll cry with the bed. And Maybe I'll have kids over. We'll cry all together yeah, watching well, a Pixar movie. Let me fall asleep because I'll touch those kids <laughs> in my sleep. We told you we bring them back. <laughs> I-oh, I-oh. If you want more from Matt Rath, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Rath Comedy. Also, check him out as a co-host and performer at Boss Junior Presents every first and third Wednesday of the month at 8.15 p.m. at the Clubhouse in Los Angeles. As well as every first Sunday of the month, he is a co-host of the stand-up comedy show Thumper at the Copper Still at 8.30 p.m. Check him out. He's definitely a great guy to see perform improv. He's a very funny man. Definitely, if you get a chance, check out his team, uh, Crazy Kangaroos. It's pretty insane improv, but I highly enjoy it. So if you see that on any of an indie show in Los Angeles, definitely check out Crazy Kangaroos. Matt Rath is a very funny man. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWWAO, as well as Instagram and Snapchat. Also, please go on to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe. By doing that, you'll bring more listeners to the podcast, and I would highly appreciate that. As well as if you have a movie that you think I should watch, feel free to message me on the Tumblr, Twitter, any of that. The Tumblr is IWillWatchAnythingOnce.tumblr.com or email the podcast directly at IWillWatchAnythingOnce at gmail.com. I love to hear from you as the listeners of what movies you think I should watch that I haven't seen. But, you know, it's a shot in the dark. I get it. You don't know what I haven't seen, but heck, just try it. Um, and then if I do have come upon a movie that I haven't seen, I'll watch it and I'll discuss it, most likely in the beginning of each episode if there's a movie that a listener wants me to watch. And a quick reminder, by using the promo code ONCE at DevastatorPress.com, you can get 10% off the purchase of Stay at Home Scarface or any of the great books offered at Devastator Press Books. Thank you again for listening, and remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. What did you have for breakfast, Matt? Chicken tacos, and you watched me eat it. You just fucking ate. Yeah, I had coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> My breakfast. That's what you say, your breakfast of champions? Mm-hmm. Every day. Oh, no. That's why, I'm, that's why I look so healthy. You're so fucking healthy. You're so fit. Fit. <laughs> this has been a BoardWalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.